This is your host, Sakina Ibrahim, and I have a guest co-host on the line today, Miss Janelle, who is a very great friend of mine. She is a music manager and serial entrepreneur and health foods advocate and just an overall incredible woman. And I'm so glad to have her. Say what's up, Janelle. Hey, hey, I'm so glad to be here. And I also have Enrico Moses on the line, who is a creative entrepreneur and artist, and he has a diverse background in music and entertainment. And now he has a company where he focuses on helping other creative entrepreneurs and artists on how to build their digital brand and make more money, which we all need that (laughs) in order to live um, happier and healthier lives. Say what's up, Enrico. Hey, what's happening, y'all? Um, So first, I want to kind of connect the dots where I met Enrico through a mutual friend where we went to this incredible loft space and there was a circle of creatives and entrepreneurs and Enrico led and facilitated an incredible um, space of us sharing our dreams and goals and getting past our fears. Um, and I had a really great time at that event. Um, so I just wanted to thank you for hosting because I don't think I ever told you that. Oh, oh, thanks for coming through. It's it's honestly one of uh, it's a great pleasure of mine to host those circles and, and to watch the breakthroughs and trans- transformations that happens. It's always a pleasure. Now, what is the circle something you made up yourself? Like, hey, I'm just going to do this or or or. or... Um. So that's a, it's a interesting story. Um, it goes back to basically playing volleyball. (laughs) I was, I was playing volleyball with this like community of awesome folks in Venice. And one of the men that was there that I play volleyball with, we were kind of, you know, sitting on the side during one of the games and, and chopping it up. And he mentioned to me, he was just like, Hey, you know, I know you're, you're out here from Minneapolis and I know you're building your community. Um, he just mentioned that uh, him and some of his, his uh, guy friends, they get together and they circle up and they kind of just support each other. And he was just mm. like, man, come over on Saturday. Um, I have an open circle. We're going to, you know, we're going to be supporting each other and I have a garage in my backyard. And if you're free, just come through. And, um, and I was just like, you know, that sounds cool. I could, you know, I could use a dope community. And what I really liked was his energy as, as like a man, he just came off uh, like non-egotistical, non-competitive. Um, he was just super helpful and always had a, a dope energy. So because of that, I was like, you know, he has good energy. Let me go see what this is about. Um, and I, I went to that open circle and that happened to be uh, essentially kind of like a, uh, entry point into this nonprofit that I'm now a part of uh, called the Mankind Project. So that circle work that you came to is uh, kind of an adaption of the men's work that that the people inside of the Mankind Project do. So that's kind of like where that came from. And I was working with some other men and we started opening it up and inviting uh, the feminine energy into the circles. And mm-hmm. that's that's when I really got blown away. And I was like, you know, I've been missing a big part of what this circle work 
can can provide because I'm doing my work just in the silo of around men. Um, and so from that point, I just I started kind of doing doing more adaptions and adaptions. And when you came to the circle, that's kind of where where things led, where it's it's really focused more around creative uh, the creative careers here in LA and people who want to be more creative and also entrepreneurs and giving a space for, for both those two energies. Wow. This is really interesting because I have been having a conversation, um, with DJ clean. He was on a couple episodes ago and we have been talking about the importance of space and creating space for men specifically and men Mm. of color to heal Mm. um so it sounds like that's happening already i thought i was being innovative (laughs) (laughs) it is so important i think y'all are right on point and and for men too i think it's really important for men in general to be meeting um there's a lot of toxic masculinity that's out there um and so to have a place where men can process their feelings, process their emotions, um, you know, process some of the things that are going on where in, in our society, uh, a lot of men are, are expected to kind of hold their emotions and, and to, um, to not show too much emotion, not to get too angry or to show sadness. So I think it, it's so important. And then, you know, to, to go a step further, like you said, for men of color, it's so important for us to, uh, be circling up to be processing what's going on. Um, and so I'm also in, in my nonprofit, I'm a part of a specific sub subgroup that is all men of color. Um, so we do meet together and that is just such a powerful experience for me every time I show up. Well, Sakina and Enrico, I was not, you know, a part of this event. So if you could explain to me briefly um, what actually happens in the circle. I know you said you process some of the things that are going on in your life, but if you can expand that would, I think, help all the listeners. Yeah. So I base these circles off of um, kind of four different energies and it's kind of a beginning, middle and end uh, type of type of journey. And so the, the first journey is I take people on, it's kind of, it goes the lover, the warrior, the magician, and then the king queen. And so when we enter the space, uh, we enter in the lover energy. And essentially what that is, is we check in, um, we, we get clear around like where we are right now. So sometimes there's like, uh, an emotional check-in, like, how are you feeling right now? Where are you feeling those things in your body? And just talking about, like, where you are with your life right now. You know, are you, are good things happening? Are you, are you overcoming challenges right now? So kind of just to get the circle on the same page, which is why it's called the love around, like, everybody really um, starts to connect a little bit more through, through our unique individual stories. Mm-hmm. Then we move into the warrior round, which is more, of I like to call like get shit done energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where we look at accountability. We look at our integrity. Um, we might take a look at what are some of the agreements that we made um, in the last month that maybe we didn't keep um, and looking at those agreements that we didn't keep and then asking ourselves, you know, what, what maybe prevented us from keeping those, uh, those agreements. So starting to look at some of our unconscious behavior through that process um, maybe I said, I'm going to show up at, at two o'clock and 
I showed up 15 minutes late and I just like blew it off for traffic. Um, but what is the impact that that has on my community? What's the impact that that has on, on the person I was meeting? And, and also, I think more, almost most importantly, like what's the impact that has on me? You know, when I show up late, do I feel strong? Do I feel empowered? Um, or do I feel like I'm dropping the ball? Do I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people who can't keep their word. So I feel out of integrity. So kind of giving people that mind space to look at where are they in their in their integrity or in their agreements? Um, and that could even be with themselves. Maybe they said they want to go to the gym three times a week and they're just not doing it at all. And just kind of getting to that space of like, why aren't you doing what you say you want to do? Um, which can be just like that. That part alone of the circle is is always very very powerful for me and the folks that come. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I remember getting to that part and it was um, such a big expression of accountability. Um, and even though you're talking to strangers, you you check yourself and then you're like, okay, I'm looking at another human being, other human beings, and I have to put my shit out there and tell the truth. Mm, yeah, yeah it's, it, real. it's so powerful to tell the truth on, on that side. And then to see other people checking in around the truth, to see other people being vulnerable around mm-hmm. where they're out of integrity, I think is it's just such a um, it's a humbling experience. And it also lets us all know that none of us are perfect. And that's that's a big part of that round is that um, when you're checking in around your integrity, around your agreements, it's not to shame yourself it's not to say, oh, I'm fucking up and I'm this big fuck up and, you know, just to kind of pity yourself. But it's really to make those small adjustments, giving ourselves clarity on where we can improve our lives, where we can improve how we're showing up for ourselves and, and for the people around us. Um, so there's, there's those two sides that just makes that that process um, so powerful. Wow. And then moving into the magician round, this is where we really step into some of our fears. Um, the magician round is, is kind of looked at as the alchemy round where you go down into the cave, into the darkness, the darkness representing the metaphor for our fears and taking that, taking those fears and, and transforming them into our gold. Um, so that's where it's kind of like the creative part of the circle where we might look at what are some things that you want in your life? What are some things you want to overcome? And then we kind of take a look at what are some things that we can do right now so that you can start to overcome some of those obstacles that you feel um, so that you can start stepping into the life that you want. So this is really the space of like empowerment um creation taking taking those steps forward into into where we we really want our lives to be um so that's kind of like taking people into that energy that creative energy and then we always end it with the king and queens round and the king and queen energy is all around being a, a humble servant and um and honoring each other honoring ourselves so we usually end end the round and and end the circle in kind of claiming what we learned um, and also honoring the people who showed up and sometimes honoring the people who aren't in the circle 
and kind of bringing us all together around that that mutual respect and and kind of like uh presenting uh outside of ourselves and and being in that space of of that that sovereignty of, of a king and queen and and that's kind of usually how the circle goes and is this like a monthly thing or how so, often do you do this? Yeah, so right now it is usually uh, around once a month. Like I've had them as frequent as uh, once or twice a week. Um, so it's usually just at the at the rate of, you know, a lot of it is like my schedule and mm-hmm. what other things am I doing in my life? Um, and do I have the, the mental capacity to hold that space? Because um, facilitating a circle like that, it takes a lot of... Uh, it takes a lot of mental energy and spiritual energy as well to, to hold that container, to make sure that, that I'm showing up clear um, with, with as little amount of like projections and as little amount of, um, of negative energy as I can, because that's a, a place of true healing. You know, people come to these circles and, and a lot of healings going on. So I just make sure that I have the capacity um, spiritually, mentally, and just energy-wise to hold this circle. But yeah, they're usually um, anywhere from around once a month to to about four times a month. Now, do you think that people need to have some kind of special training to do this? Or is it ideal to listen to this podcast and say, hey, I want to create this space for myself and my friends and my community too? Mm, that's a great question. I think there's two parts to that that question. There's two answers to that question. The first part of it is is no, you don't need any training. Um, you can sit in a circle with your friends and loved ones in your community, and you can ask each other questions um, and hold space for each other. I think that's in, at a very simple place. That's what the circle is. It's a place to to share authentically and a place to listen and connect with your community. So if you were to, you know, be in a circle of five people, you could definitely go through those rounds, the lover, the warrior, the magician and the king queen um, and keep it very simple. Um, But then the second part of that answer is if you were to go get training, if you were to join um, an organization like the Mankind Project and they do have um, a sister organization for women called uh, Women Within so if you were to go through one of those programs and initiate, you are going to be um, a lot better served at these circles because you're going to understand some of the language. And not only are you going to understand the language um, as kind of a spectator, but you're going to understand the language as uh, as a facilitator, um, which kind of doubles or triples the the impact that these type of circles can have on you so not only are you working on your own stuff you're able to support the people in the circle um as they're kind of working through through their own journey yeah that's dope okay so i'm interested now in what your spiritual path is like do you We've talked a little bit about you being Taoist, but like what's what has been your spiritual path and journey? Because um, you do a lot of cool things and it sounds, you're very giving in what you do and, and facilitating and sharing with others. And my spiritual path has been super interesting. Um, my mother is 
Jewish by blood. My grandmother's Jewish, and um, she she left Austria, and her both of her parents were killed in the Holocaust. My grandmother, and so that energy is is very closely connected to my family. Um, the the energy of oppression, and now my father's side, um, he's half black and half Native American. So um, there's there's a lot of different perspectives and in, in energy that my ancestors bring to to me that that's all about freedom. Um, and there's different sides of the religion that that have come together. So I grew up uh, as a as a young child Jewish, going to uh, going to the the um, going to the Temple of Israel in, in Minneapolis. Um, and, and really being in that space. And then as I got older, I started, um, my father was more of like in the Christian faith. So going more to, uh, to churches and, and kind of, you know, celebrating Christmas. So I had both of those worlds collided. And so that I think as a child, that really made me question religion. Um, I wouldn't say in like, is it true or is it false? But more just like, knowing as a child that there's many truths um i remember thinking as a child like how could someone um in china who don't even you know read or write or speak the language like how could they be going to hell uh for not understanding the language or reading the bible and just a lot of that stuff didn't necessarily make logical sense to me um and so and i think also being of mixed race I always had this inner dialogue that was questioning things. You know, I didn't have the luxury of of being like, you know, I'm black, so I'm going to think like all my black friends or I'm white, so I'm going to think like all my white friends. Um, you know, I'd be around my black friends and they're like, "Man, you don't you don't speak black enough." And I'd be around my white friends and there's like, "You don't speak white enough." And so it was just like always being at this place of questioning what is what is right um and then questioning that from more of my own perspective not just taking like the group think like oh this is what we think this is what we think is right as as jews or this is what we think as christians or this is what we think as as black folks or this is what we think is white for like that i never had that luxury so i always thought to myself what do i think about this situation how am i assessing the situation um, and that was with people, that was with religions, um, you know, instead of looking at people like this is how I'm going to project on you because of your race. It was really about the principle of that person and that individual. And so that's that's kind of how I grew up with religions is I'm, I'm friends with people of every single religious background and and I respect their religion. I respect their culture. I respect their spirituality. I don't look at it in the sense of like, oh, you're you're a Jew or you're Christian, you're wrong. Like, this is why you're wrong. And you should study Taoism or, you know, you should look at these faiths. I think that whatever helps get people to the place where they want to go, that's the religion for them. I feel like growing up, one of my main religions might've been hip hop because that's what (laughs) I identified with more than anything else. That's what I identify with more than race. That's what I identify with more than even where I was from. It's like, I'm more hip hop than being born in this certain place. Like, I'm more hip-hop than I am Jewish. I'm more hip-hop than I am Black. I'm more hip-hop than I am white. Um, so that was that was a big place of, 
of my growth and listening to my favorite hip hop artists it, it is essentially like some of my scriptures. And still to this day, I feel the sa- wow. I feel the same way. It's like I feel touched by by many people's uh, lyrics and what they're talking about in the realness, just like I can be touched by reading the Torah or reading the Quran or reading the Bible. Um, and in that path. Uh, you know, I, I've kind of been led into into being an entrepreneur, into into doing business. And the funny thing about that is that's actually where I found God was in business and in entrepreneurship, uh, because I feel like God left my life for a while. When I was younger, as a child, I had a, a great like relationship with God and I spoke with God a lot. But as I got older, that relationship kind of um separated a little bit and so as I was studying business it was in a business book that started uh, scoping out um, the conversation about God in a way that that really propelled me forward and and reconnected me with my spirituality and so now you know I I am more of a Taoist in the sense of wait um, I have to pause you before we get to Taoism mm -hmm. because you just I'm which book um that was (laughs) I think that book was called uh, The Science of Getting Rich. Yep, that's what it was called. And it, it's I think it was written about 70, 80 years ago. Um, Wallace, like Waddles or something like that is the, is the author. But it's, it's a great book. Um, it, it interviews some, some really powerful leaders throughout history. And it just talks about there's a science to, to making money. And it talks about God in this more universal uh, spiritual energy rather than a religious energy. And it talks about the abundant universe and, and how there's so much abundance in our universe. And as I was reading that, I'm like, you know what, this is making a lot of sense. Like Hmm. I I feel what, what this book is talking about in God. And it was, it was just saying how like, you know, there's nothing wrong with believing in God. Um, and, and there was a while where I was like, you know, I, I wasn't really feeling that, that religious energy, um, after I got out of college, I think that it was just like, there was so much back and forth from so many religious people that it kind of pushed me away. So to hear this, to hear this new narrative, um, around God and God isn't this, this negative thing that everyone's fighting over. It's like, God's in everything. God's in every religion. Um, and I really identified with that. And I think that now, you know, reading some, some more literature around Taoism, that's, that's more, um, something that, that I feel as far as, you know, there is no, there is no, uh, right or wrong. And just the concepts around Taoism, um, I really identify with. What are some of those concepts? I I did not do my research and I, I don't know what Taoism is. You know, I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a, a Dao, Taoist expert by any means. Like I've I've read a couple of books, <laughs> but but what I will say, like I, it's more of an energy that I get from it. That is uh, a non-judgmental energy. It, mm. it it's an open-minded energy, and I know that they talk about the uh, in the universe. There's this uh, you have all the things in the universe, so. I forget how many things they might have said like 20,000 things I'm probably fucking that up but there's there's essentially like x amount of things in the universe and you can name all those things and so 
like a tree, you know, birds, you have cars, you have all these different things that are in the universe. And then it talks about you have these things, but then you have everything that's in between those things. Um, kind of what we can't what we can't name, the nameless pieces in between life and just talking about how they're all connected. Even though we don't have a name for that, it's still very present. And that's kind of like the power of prayer. Um, the, just the power of, of spirituality is in, is in that in-between space. So kind of like just seeing that as a part of God, even though we don't know what it is, we don't have a name for it, um, that that's one of those connecting pieces that's always pushing us forward. Um, and with the right space, with the right kind of like spiritual outlook, um, that energy is there to guide us. So I have something to add. Um, you know, I watched something on Taoism and it was kind of explaining um, Confucius and his view um, and what he learned. Um, and then um, Buddha and, you know, what he took from life. And um, I forget the king, his, his name was Lao. Mm -hmm. And then his sec the second name starts with a T. Mm -hmm. um, he is oh. so he had another view. It's kind of like Confucius take to, they had this story where they, they it was like the three Asian men met at a bar or met at a, <laughs> you know, like met at a like, I don't know, healing retreat. And they had like apple cider vinegar and they, <laughs> one of them thought it was sweet. The other one or one of them thought it was bitter. The other one thought it was sour. And then the guy that started Taoism was like, huh, you know, it's it's like it could be either or, mm. or it could be something totally mm. different. And so um, they go on to explain how like the Tao is undefinable and it's more about like um, discovering it on your own terms mm. um, and not really focusing too much on the Tao. Cause I guess based on the other two major religions in China, it's, it was like not being focused on um either suffering or like the religious uh, rituals of it. Um, but more like, it's more like of a philosophy mm. and kind of understanding the rhythms of nature mm. and understanding um, how to accept yourself and under understand who you are and that life is always changing. Mm. Um, that there's always different cycles of life. So it's kind of like you never get you you never go to the extremes because you're always in understanding by by watching nature um, and, and the cycles of life. You understand that you go through those changes in your own life mm -hmm. and you're learning from what you see in nature. So that's kind of what I got from it. See, I love that. You know way more about it than me. <laughs> <laughs> She knows everything. I'm telling you. I love that, and yeah, it is so true. Encyclopedia. You know, na nature is so powerful, and and you know, being able to just look at universal laws and to learn from that. I think that I think that it's it's so important, and as as humans, uh, just to be in that space of of 
letting the ego go a little bit and, and realizing that we're not the center of the universe and that there's, there's so many other parts that are, that are important of our, uh, of our life that, you know, we can learn from nature, you know, we can see the trees, we can see all the things that are growing around us. Um, and, and we can step into that in a way that makes sense, just like how, how the universal laws are making sense, you know, by, by mimicking them. So I, I really mm. love that part. Mm. One thing that helped me to really kind of get what it meant to say the universe, right? Because I grew up Mm. Christian and it was just, it was just God. It was just Jesus Um, was a friend of mine saying, no, we're not the center of the universe, but we play a small part in the orchestration of how the universe works, that we're Mm. all part of the whole. And that really, really helped my perspective and life open up it helped me um to release judgment right mm-hmm. and just it, even when things happen when shit hits the fan <laughs> when things are all good just to be like hey i'm just part of the the whole i'm just you know i play a role in the world going around right yeah it, it really helped me feel empowered yeah i i love that and just seeing how we are we all are all connected um, to to mm. this bigger picture, and yeah, just to not take things so personally, <laughs> you know, can always help out. Yeah, and we, we get very self centered. Go ahead, mm-hmm. John. Yeah. So, Enrico, like, how are you taking this into your life in the entertainment industry? Like, mm. how is this creating balance for yourself, or have you? was it that you didn't have balance in the entertainment industry or maybe you came in with this foundational, uh, you know, with this foundation. So it's helped you to be prosperous. Um, if you could shed some light on that. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I'm, I'm more entering the, the music industry as, as a late, like I come up in the fashion industry. So as as y'all probably know, the fashion industry and the music industry are very closely interconnected, intertwined. So friend uh different people in that industry in one way or another connections throughout throughout time, but um my spiritual journey has helped me so much in the music industry because I think the music industry is very is very different than other industries that I've been a part of. Um and I think I think the reason behind that, A, it's a very creative industry. So you're dealing with one hundred percent creatives, right? And that comes with all of the the different angles of, of creatives, like creatives work in so many different ways. Some of it mysterious, some of it upfront. Um, a lot of creatives have their own nuances. Um, so because of that, the music industry is, is a very up and down industry where, you know, some things are, are working for some folks, some things aren't working for others. You have, you know, you have all types of different business deals that are happening. And a lot of people call the music industry shady. Um, and I think <laughs> I think that's because there's there's just so many different types of creatives and you're trying to make business happen with creatives. It's a very difficult thing. You know, it's like having uh, an artist 
create an album and then expecting that artist to create another like great album um it's just like i don't think people understand the context of what they're asking and the creativity and what happens if that artist like makes a bunch of money and just doesn't feel like working anymore like this is these are the problems that that the music industry faces that i think a lot of other industries don't necessarily face um because it's just so creative like you're putting your soul out there when you're making music and so there's there's just a lot of energy around that so for me my spiritual journey um me in the music industry by the way that i communicate and the way that uh process things like process you know um different situations that are happening i think that especially uh being in the practicing of Taoist, it's like it takes a lot of patience i think the music industry takes a lot of patience um and it it takes for you to understand what value you're creating you know how are you showing up value valuable like if you're going to be as a manager if you're working in pr publicity um if you're on the the audio recording side engineer it's like what do you do that provides value and how can you prove that you know how can you prove that what you're doing is valuable and i think that getting to that place uh that's that's the goal that should be the goal for anybody in the music industry um but i think there's there's so much complexity to the music industry based on uh different types of communication i think that the the way that deals work in the music industry is very complex you know now we have like the 360 deals that are going on and i think a lot of artists don't really even understand them cuz they're so focused on being an artist that how could they really understand the the nuances of the business when they're trying to figure out how to be an artist which is already hard enough the new the nuances of of the business side could take you years and years and years to to fully grasp um so i think that's why there's just a lot of confusion in the industry and so for someone like myself it's all about being able to uh break down the communication that's happening um if i feel like somebody is is acting in a way that I don't like, you know, just instead of taking it personally, just trying to break it down on a level that I can understand so that I can move forward in a way that is going to benefit me and the people around me, my, you know, benefiting my community. Um, so I would say that's the main thing that I've seen. And it's, it's a very hard thing to measure because it's about having strong relationships with people. It's like, how do you really measure a strong relationship compared to a weak relationship um, because it's like you don't have the other side to measure it against. But what mm -hmm. I've noticed is just being able to meet somebody, being able to engage them in a way that's authentic, uh, being able to, sh to show them what my value is um, based on what I'm doing now, based on what I've done in the past, um, and then be being able to follow up with clear communication and and to um and to follow through you know i think that those are the main things that being able to understand you know where am i in integrity in my life where am i out of integrity understanding like what are some of my unconscious behaviors um or what i like to call shadows the the self-limiting beliefs about myself that i hide repress or deny 
the more I can understand those things, the easier it is for me to navigate within uh, the people in the industry because I'm able to really connect with them in an authentic way. And I think that regardless of what industry you're going to be, be in, for you to have that ability to connect with someone in an authentic way and to have an impact on their life, whether it's even just through that one interaction, that's going to greatly decide whether you're going to be involved in, in amazing projects or if you're not. Wow. Well, one thing I can say for sure, really for both of you, um, is that the music industry is very fortunate to have you mm -hmm. um, because of mm. the intention that you move in your living and in your beingness and that you are in your own journey within yourself. And I mean, the listeners can tell just from the words that you, you both have shared. So mm -hmm. I Thank appreciate you, for that. you and what you do. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. Unfortunately, we are out of time. But you'll be, before we end, part two. before we end, I got to plug one thing um, for okay, all the creative, creative entrepreneurs out there on the 29th of this month in March, we are hosting this event um, called Take Creative Control. It's actually powered by Google. They're one of our partners. Um, and it's going to be at Nipsey Hustle Space Vector 90, um, which is a new co-working space really focused around uh, people of color um, in our community and tech and, and getting people that awareness in the, in the creative entrepreneur space in, in our community. So we're holding an event that's going to help people understand how to take ownership of their intellectual property. And there's going to be a pool of lawyers that are there um, helping people with whatever projects they have. So they'll be able to get like a 15 minute free consultation from these lawyers. There's going to be a panel of uh, some awesome speakers and some, some entertainers. So definitely if you're creative, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, contact me via Instagram at Enrico Moses, and I'll definitely get you tickets to that event. Oh, thank you so much. That's dope. I think I need to be there. You definitely um, do. <laughs> Janelle, can you um, drop your information on how folks can stay in touch with you and your website? Yes. So that event sounds amazing. And we need to talk because I'm putting together a music and tech uh, conference for teens um, mm. in Philadelphia. Um, but people, you guys can find me on Instagram, I-T-S-J-O-N-N-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. It's Janelle. And my website is hiphoproyalty.co. You can find my bio, my clients, and other things that I do there. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. Yes, thanks for having me, y'all. Yes. And but... thank you for listening, Quest for Truth listeners. Make sure in how you move in this world, you stay in the light. Peace. Peace and love. <laughs>